Hello, hello, it is my pleasure to be back with you today on the Revive Imagination Podcast. I'm your host, Vibe Revive, aka Steven, aka Lil Vibes. Today on the podcast, we have a friend of mine, Jack in the Way, who's an artist that I've been following for about four to five years now, but I've really gotten a lot deeper into his content now that he's expanded into podcasting as well as Twitch, as well as getting more into Web 3.0, which we will talk about in the podcast. I think he's an exceptional artist for me to be interviewing for you all because he has converted me into a super fan. I am a subscriber on his Patreon as well as a long-term listener and follower. So I wanted to really rack his brain as far as his process for creating the content, his strategy, where he's come from, and where he's going in the future. So stick with me. I hope you enjoy the episode. Without further ado, here's our talk. Welcome to the podcast, Jack. How are you doing, man? I am. I'm great. Now that I'm here, I'm great. I was having an okay to good day, like maybe like a six, se- seven out of ten, seven, six and a half out of ten. But now it's like a nine and a half. This is pretty great. Hey, I'm hell very yeah, excited. I've never, I've been on a podcast before, but never is like just me to be on it and have a conversation. Really? So yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. This is great. Thanks you know, for having I, me. Uh, I've only hosted, so I don't. I imagine that's a, a vastly different feeling. Hopefully, hopefully more comfortable. My heart is is racing right now. Oh wow, damn, dude, this is gonna be great. <laughs> we got so, we got so much good energy in here. I know, I oh, know. You great. know, it's it's um very fitting to me that I have you on as my first podcast back because yeah. You've really been a huge inspiration for me to get back into this, having watched your podcast and listened to it and been following your content over the last, well, I was just going through um, Spotify and and YouTube and stuff and like going through some of your recent works, your older works to try and make sure that I'm ready for this. And um, I came across like an old song, uh, I've written so many songs (laughs) to my damn self, so many. I used to crank that back at uh, Grafton when I worked there a couple years ago all the time. Um, And then I saw, I was like, oh, that's like four, five years old now. Yeah, five now. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, the thing about your podcast that really inspired me because, um, well, let's let's backtrack a little bit. So this mm-hmm. has been now almost two years since I put a podcast out. Wow. Um, I did three episodes, which is where ninety percent stopped. So I fell within the <laughs> right, yeah, the, yeah. the majority percentile. <laughs> right. um, and then I actually recorded three more, and they were all good guests. And mm-hmm. the episodes, some of them were were better than others, but they were all pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I got nipped by the perfectionist butt, mm-hmm. uh, butt or whatever the the terminology is, yeah. Yeah, and nipped. I. <laughs> Yeah, I got I got nipped and I was just like I was listening to them cuz the first 3 I went through and I was like I don't want to have any likes, I don't want any ums, I don't oh. want any of you know yeah, the Yeah, yeah, yeah. the filler stuff. Sure, sure, yeah. I was so nervous about the presentation yeah. and how it would be received that I went through and like scrubbed it all and then when I got to those 3 I was just I was just burnt on it and didn't have the energy anymore and then just got two in my head. So listening to your podcast when you first came out with the Waste Space podcast and the first episode was just like, well, here we are, guys. I'm me and I'm just going to talk <laughs> about like what the fuck is going through my head right now. Unfiltered, unedited, just boom there. And I was like, I can, I can do that. 
<laughs> like that's an option and it's one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to as soon as it comes out. I'm oh. like, maybe I can podcast again. Wow. Oh man. That's so great to hear. It's so I don't know why it makes me laugh so much when you put it when you put it that way, but that is what I did. Um I you know, I think I was inspired similarly. Like what you're saying, the way you're describing about where you're at right now and getting going and and having that kind of like, oh, I could do that is like I mean, you already had it podcast experience, so I don't know, maybe that works to your benefit or not, because maybe you're used to it being a particular way. This was my first time trying yeah. to do it, at least on my own. I had I've co-hosted podcasts for like my freelance clients and stuff where I'm sort of like the interviewer conversationalist that just keeps things moving smoothly and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh I had never done anything myself and and I didn't know what kind of format to do, but I really enjoyed podcasts that were super basically what we're doing right now. So, like mm-hmm. like not to say that we're going to talk for uh, however long we talk for, but I've I would listen to podcasts that were like hour, two hour, I think sometimes even three hour long podcasts where it's just like free form conversation between people that are like, not always, not always like just, oh, I want to have you on my podcast because you have expertise, but more like acquaintances and people that just are like, I want to jam with you on this. Like, let's, let's talk about this topic. I'm curious what you think about this, like that kind of um, conversation that makes it feel so much more intimate, but also like, I feel kind of like settled into the conversations. Like it's not we're not trying to like check off any boxes, even though we mm-hmm. are like, we are kind there of, are things yeah, you want to loosely. talk about. It's yeah. Like, yeah. But we don't do it in a way, in such a way where we're focused so much on checking off the boxes, you know, and you just kind of like let it flow. And so I listened to a guy that would have like, his name's Noah Lampert and he has, he has like concepts and like ideas for each podcast, even the ones by himself. But he, be- I mean, he, it's like, he speaks so off the cuff it's and and with his interviews so off the cuff he does no edits that's where that's where the no edits thing came from for me because i was like holy shit he's not editing anything okay (laughs) well then maybe i'll try it yeah yeah i love that and one thing that i've found um i mean i think that that kind of um sort of aimless approach is so much of the songwriting process too. Yeah. It's like you you run into something and you think to yourself, I need to make exactly this and it needs to come out, you know, this way. And then you're so focused on the end goal that you you lose track of the process. And like right now I'd be thinking, you know, what's my next question? Instead of really right. just being able to calm my mind and like right. sit down and listen to what it is you have to say. And then right. you kind of get in the flow of things, you get comfortable and then I really do think it comes out better that way. And then as long as you had that planning time um, mm-hmm. ahead of it, mm-hmm. then I find that naturally the conversation will steer into the direction mm-hmm. of checking all the boxes that I needed mm-hmm. without me having to have the boxes in front. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's probably about how I have a uh, uh, structured, non-structured. <laughs> how would I say that? Like I, I've structured it to be non-structured. Yes. That's a yes. oxymoron. Yeah. Um, no, but I get it. But yeah, so it's like I come in, and then at the end of the at the end of the show, I'll probably go through and just just to because you know you get um, lost in the in the conversation. I'll be like, yeah. okay, did I check all my boxes? <laughs> yeah. And then sometimes I'll I'll go back towards the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. And do that. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, but that so, brings me to my first question for you. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> is Let's do it. Uh, so like I said, I've been following you for like five or six years now um, because I, as soon as I met Noah, he had um, told me about you. So I checked mm -hmm. out some of your music and had just been kind of keeping tabs ever since then. Mm -hmm. um, this was when I was like in the baby stages of producing, like I just kind of started, wow. you know, first DAW, like just got out of a band type deal. Oh, yeah. um, mm. But I know a decent bit of your story from my history with your content. But mm -hmm. for those people that don't know a bit of uh, where you came from and who you are. Mm. What would your synopsis of your oh, journey wow. through music be up until wow. this point? I feel like it evolves every time I have the opportunity to tell it, partially because I don't get the opportunity that often. So I, <laughs> you know, for me, it's like, I I appreciate the, the question of like, where'd you come from? What's your story? Because <clears throat> I feel like so much is added on between last time I had the chance to do that. Um, yeah, so I, I grew up in Maryland in a, like, about 30, 45 minutes outside of D.C., north, uh, west of D.C., um, in a suburb, um, you know, Blue Ribbon High School type of uh, environment. Um, it, it, Is Blue um, Ribbon, like, like AP, IB, yeah, like, and sort like, of, and sort just of thing? Yeah, and, like, certain testing. Like advanced placement stuff? Yeah, and, like, certain score, like, benchmarks. So, like, very, like, uh, high-pressure academic uh, yeah. sort of, uh, community and like environment, not to say everything all the time was that it was actually that plus like, not just academic, but like a well-rounded, like, it's like, let's get you looking so good for college. Like that's kind of, yeah. and it was like yeah. our, the values of where kids felt like they were supposed to go or do or be had something to do with that. Or there was, or it was a, or there were kids that were reacting to that. So that was kind of the environment that I grew up in. I had some things where I really embraced kind of college prep type uh, experiences, which includes doing, you know, getting good grades in school and doing your homework and stuff, but other stuff too, just things that make you look good on a, on a college app kind of thing. And then there were things that I did that were not, I didn't see as like part of that, which I think making music was one of those things. So high school is when I started making music, specifically okay. when I started rapping. Like I, I rapped in high school, you know, it's like the, a lot of people <laughs> rapped in high school at this point. But uh, yeah. that was kind of like my entryway into music, into... No, I got to ask that when you say... An artist. Yeah, yeah. When you say rap in high school, would you be like in, in the lunchroom, <laughs> like people making beats on the table, like like uh, freestyling with classmates or... Nah, not, no, not really. Because... What happened was it was, I was in a group, so mm -hmm. I didn't re it wasn't like I made a name for myself freestyling at lunch. It was more like these group of guys that sometimes might do that during lunch. They wanted to start something and I just found my way into it. And I was like, maybe mm -hmm. I could write a chorus or something. And I didn't even, I had never really written anything. I didn't even know how to like rap on beat. I mean, it was very, very like I had no, no. I mean, I knew how to dance and like keep time, but generally speaking, I had no, no like talent really for the craft part of it. However, right. what happened was once I finally learned how to rap on beat and stuff, then we had these uh, like talent shows, basically battle of the bands, talent shows, whatever at the high school. And so yeah. I went straight to the stage and my first time ever performing was at one of these talent shows. I drew a blank on like the first four lines of the song, which is so rough for one's first oh, time. I can feel that. But it was, I managed to bring it back and keep the energy there. And I did really well on the show and everything. And so it was mm -hmm. a great opportunity to like face 
one of the greatest fears I could have had at the time. So at this point now, it's like, if I'm ever on stage, I, I'm like, oh, well, I know what that's like. I, I literally, that was my first time I ever performed. So, um, so that's a little bit of, I guess, about where I came from and like where my interest in music came from in high school, but Mm -hmm. going, I, maybe I can tell this in three parts. So that's like the first part. The second part is once I was in college, I was still making music with a guy I made music with from high school, but then at, the, at during college, I also started doing my own thing because I was like, now I'm, I'm starting to learn how to record myself. I can't make beats mm-hmm. yet, but I can just, you know, work with people online and I can start to learn to mix my own stuff or maybe I can work with people that know how to mix and I'll, I'll just pay them or whatever. Um, and and that kind of led me into the kind of era that I was in with like so many words, like the the song you quoted earlier like yeah that was when i was just like i had i had a bunch of savings and i was just like throwing money at like a music career i was like oh i need sessions i need to pay these producers i need to pay this promotion placement i need to pay this and do this and shoot this i noticed video. that when i was going through because you had talked about yeah. that in your podcast before and then when i was re-reviewing for this i saw the john rome <laughs> stuff and i'm like these are some high budget music videos like especially <laughs> yeah. the, the the so many words one like i was taking down notes on some oh, things wow. i could try and kind of implement from that but yeah. yeah you really and then i saw it uh, published on like different pages and yeah. stuff so yeah you can definitely that, see that in the content yeah yeah and that was that i mean what you just described that's all very much so that era that's when i was really kind of became john rome and and embodied that and then and then it culminated in a lot of i would say uh just situations and experiences and you might even say mistakes that taught me a lot and Mm -hmm. that was my like sort of deepest learning period where i learned so much because i really put a lot out there and i made myself pretty vulnerable to learn Mm -hmm. these kinds of lessons and it was painful at times for sure and but um i did learn a lot and then so then at that point i you know i just as john rome it's like 2018 i had a a really great, amazing headlining show uh, at a local venue in D.C. called Songbird that went amazingly well, better than I expected, oh, like as well as I could have imagined, really. And then the the two years after that, I was not on a decline. Like I, I did some big things and what I would say is kind of milestones, but they I didn't really I was sort of treading water after that high moment. Uh, in 2018 so that by 2020 once the pandemic hit um by treading water do you mean like you just weren't like you weren't growing yeah in in your reach or as an artist or or i I was definitely growing as an artist but not in my reach actually i would say i really grew as an artist so i was like getting really good at at learning how to swim but i wasn't actually swimming anywhere i was just kind of staying in place. I I wasn't and not to say, you know, it's interesting because I when I put it that way, I can feel a part of myself hearing that and be like, "What the hell? You did so much." Like, I did a lot of I learned I grew a lot as an artist, and I definitely don't want to take away from that those 2 years because those 2 years I would say um were formative in that I I started to walk away from sort of like if you want to think of the music career I wanted before is like, basically I was trying to go the influencer route. Like I wanted Uh to just get a lot of followers and fans and people to come out to huge concerts on tour and stuff. Not to say that I wouldn't still love to tour or play shows. Yeah. I mean, who who doesn't want a screaming crowd, but it was sort of the method, like the means that I was going toward that. It was Mm -hmm. sort of the influencer route. And in those two years, 
I, I grew so much and I tried so many new things as an artist that I really started, went from kind of wanting to be like a rapper slash influencer to really just being an artist and embracing what mm. it is to be an artist and learning even what it means to be an artist. And that, and that kind of, it's just like, I just didn't have the energy to be an influencer anymore. So over time, I just, it was less and less in the pandemic. Like I really went inside and that was that that's when I changed my name to Jack in the way, which I imagine we'll talk about, but, and that yeah. was like very much so a rebirth refreshment. Um, Oh shit. I see now like that. I'm a multidimensional creator. I'm not just what I thought I needed to be. I'm not really like pretending or, or being a, an actor in that sense anymore. I mean, I'm still performing. Right. So, so, is that, I, I, yeah. so as a question for you, you said you didn't really want to go the influencer route and you wanted to go the artist route to you. Like, what do you define as being an influencer and what you, you know, you said that was like, I guess a bit draining. So what yeah. part of the influencer route did you find draining? And then what is it that you think differentiates like an influencer artist first an artist artist? Yeah, I think, um, I appreciate you asking that. I mean, well, first, well, actually, I'll say, um, yeah, first I'll say that I don't mean to say that it's mutually exclusive, like that you're okay. either an influencer and an artist, um, but that they are, they are blends and sort of, it was just a direction. I, I went to the other part of the Venn diagram, sort of. Right. Um, it's like they, they overlap and you're yeah, a little bit towards exactly. one side as opposed to like the happy middle. Exactly. Cause I, I've always, I, I, cause I don't think somebody could just be a, a creative influencer without overlapping and just being an artist for sure. But there mm -hmm. are directions, there are ways you can go. And I, I would say what's draining about it to me and the reason why, and maybe what will lead into the reason why is that to, to, to do things as an influencer is it's, I almost want to say this because I respect it as its own career path, as its own uh -huh. uh, way of uh, being a professional. And, and it, and it just feels like in, in some weird way, like the influencer path of being an influencer, that's an artist. What was draining about it to me is I felt like I was doing tasks that just did not uh, sort of, I mean, certainly didn't fulfill me, but forget fulfillment. They just, they drain my energy that my my creative energy felt drained and um like uh difficult to replenish when i was focused on making content to grow mm -hmm. my audience um i do think that thinking about my content to grow my audience is a very wonderful part of my artistic process but not when it's the focus only when it's uh, okay. one of the ways that i express myself so i enjoy i enjoy uh, like making like little pro promo videos of my songs. I love doing that. And I know that a lot of the time, like when I release something like that or a teaser or something that that is helping me grow my audience, however small or big it might be. But I'm not, I'm not making it because like, I'm not making those like dozens of those every day. I'm not posting multiple TikToks every day because those right. things don't, don't, I can't, I can't, uh, I don't have the energy to to put toward that, at least not right now. Um, I can't say forever, but I'm really trying to take care of myself as like a artist and like trying to take care of myself the way I needed myself to when I was in high school. Like I'm trying right. to, you know, be that I person really to myself. Be like, wow, dude, you forget what you think you're supposed to do. Forget what people say you should do to like be successful with whatever it is you want to do. In this case, like at this point in my life, it's like 
kind of being an influencer, like nurture yourself as an artist. Like you deserve that. And I never gave myself that chance really. Like I, I never, I always like used it. I always used my creativity and my artistry to accomplish some kind of successful success metric. And right now, and now I'm, I'm, I'm undoing that. And so that's why I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm healing. And so I need a lot more energy for that right now while I'm still kind of in this process. Right. Interesting. I, I like that. So what it's, it sounds like it felt draining to you because you were making, you felt like you were too far of an influencer because you were making content for content's sake yeah, and, and just for the sake of growing. You weren't really doing it as a form of expression or as a way to get your message out there. It just felt like a necessity of like, I have to do this because this is what I want to be. And this is what, what that person does. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. And I'm, and I like in hearing that I'm like, I, I feel like I definitely feel that for a lot of artists nowadays, particularly in like web two, like, like the social media sites where followers and, and sort of the like metri metrics are so prominent. And so, so much a part of getting opportunities and being able to tour and all these things, um, yeah. that it, it's sort of uh it's it just it just feels to me like it it takes too much focus away from the from like the fire like like the the there's a fire like a bonfire and i'm i'm really needing the warmth of the fire right now and i don't feel that warmth. like throwing out logs yeah, to try and catch yeah. little fires and spread the fire but right. you felt like you threw so many logs that your core fire was starting to go yeah, out yeah and i was like wait where what where am I supposed to get these logs from now? Um, and it, and it definitely, yeah, it it just at le, at, like I said, at least right now, it, it just is. Um, it's it's not what what feeds me and nourishes me as an artist. Okay, yeah, yeah. that brings me to um, another question that I did have for you, which is, yeah. um, it, from from what it, from what you described, it sounds like. In the case of, uh, well, I guess before I, pre uh, to preface this, you feel a lot more comfortable about the content you're putting out now. Do you feel like it's, it's charging you? Do you feel like your fire is not deplenishing as you're doing it? Or like how, how have things gotten easier, but also how have things gotten harder as you've transitioned into much more, um, personal and, mm -hmm. uh, authentic content that's, that's really, you know, uh, about you as an artist? What do you, what do you think the pluses and minuses are of that transition mm -hmm. uh a plus i think is i feel more comfortable in my own skin now um mm -hmm. i, I to use an example i think my podcast is an example of that my twitch stream is an example of that um like those are the things and and even then uh you know sometimes they're uh, I, i'll actually i'll save that for the minus but those things when i'm doing them <laughs> consistently are are uh really kind of get the barriers down and i don't and i feel like my brand is much less uh forced or 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 sort of constructed that my brand is something that is just experienced in the moment and i have my mm -hmm. art around like on my twitch stream i have my art around you can see what i'm doing of course if i'm making music or creating something then you can you know people can experience that but it's like there's not this like allure 
or hopefully not, or I know I'm not, I'm trying not to add any kind of allure while at at a time that's what I was totally trying to do that. Like I would think about the way everything was going to be presented. And now I'm sort of like, wait, let me just make it so that I am much more accessible both to other people and myself as a performer, but, Mm -hmm. but in a way where I present it so that it's still cool. Like it's still something I'm proud of. So I feel much more in touch with myself. I feel more comfortable in my own skin when I'm doing whatever it is I, I might consider like performing or just like showing people or, or creating in public, that kind of stuff. The negative is that some of these things like the Twitch stream, like the podcast especially is a good example of this, are they're they're pretty far in the other direction from at least from my experience of them from like the influencer route which also means mm-hmm. they're sort of i mean you you can think about it like the fact that i i barely structure my podcast and i speak off the like i i i it's almost stream of consciousness with like some concepts yeah. in mind but like that that the way i'm doing that is so it's like is like a reactionary in comparison to what i was doing like five years ago it's like like before it was completely planned and now it's like completely off the cuff yes or or things are planned only so it's cool like so i like it and i think it's cool but otherwise it's as off the cuff as possible so that i'm Mm -hmm. as in my own skin as possible um and what so what what's negative about that or maybe difficult about it is that something like the podcast, like it started, I mean, I wanted to, to do, obviously I, I know what I'm doing and what my intention is when I post something publicly, but I very much so treated it and still treat it as a practice. And I, I like talk about it in the podcast, but I very yeah. much so treat it as a practice and like any practice, whether it's a spiritual practice, I mean, to me, they're all spiritual practices, but whatever re- practice with oneself, one relationship, exercise, like walking, whatever it is, meditation, all of these practices, like just like anything else that exists, they have an ebb and flow. And so mm-hmm. because I'm sort of focused on it being something that rehabilitates me and allows me to heal, and hopefully, and the reason I'm doing it publicly is that it helps other people to hear it just the same way that I've benefited from podcasts I love, that if I'm at an ebb with this particular practice, <laughs> then I'm not putting it out as consistently. And I think, right. I think consistency has suffered a bit. Um, because of this kind of um, adjustment period that I've had. And, I, you know, it might be dialectical in terms of, like, maybe I'm just reacting to a period where I was really too hard on myself as a person and creative and artist. And so yeah, now... Do you think... Yeah. I, yeah, I guess... Yeah. Uh, sorry to cut you off, sure, but sure. Do, you, do you feel like... Um, and, and that's something, you know, that I had also thought of was... Um, you know, at, at a certain point you felt that you you weren't as as drawn toward or or it felt like a little bit more work and i'm i guess i'm curious whether um where do you think that that energy came from do you think that it came from um putting too much pressure on yourself to do it at a certain rate um do you feel like it was just a lot to put that amount of yourself out there. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but for me, um, let me you know, speak from my experience to make this a little bit more understandable. Um, I am super, super 
sharing, right? So like I will just pour myself out to people and in less of a content way and more of like a relationship kind of way, Mm -hmm. it's definitely something that I noticed I was doing too much of at a certain point. And I was like sharing myself out to people that um, didn't necessarily like charge me up or like give me that energy back. Mm -hmm. So it just felt like in a similar way to like the influencer thing you were saying, I felt like I was, you know, like throwing out logs and, and really kind of, um, uh, you know, just, just, just keeping on giving away myself. And then people that mm-hmm. didn't even necessarily weren't like that great friends with me. I, maybe I thought they were, but you know, it was like, I just saw everybody as like such a close friend mm-hmm. that it was like, I had to, I had to kind of like see that line. And then recently what I've been trying to do in my own self work and my own self understanding is like understanding where that line is for me. Mm-hmm. And so I guess this is kind of like a two prong question of, mm-hmm. um, do you feel like that came from the pressure on yourself or do you feel like that came from like you feeling a drain from putting so much of yourself, um, out there? And, and also how do you find the, um, the line? And this is something that like, I'm, I'm so interested in, um, especially since because of your focus on, on, you know, spirituality and making mm-hmm. sure that you, you keep yourself intact. How do you find the line between, um, like what you're willing to put out and, and what you're not. So I guess this mm-hmm. is, yeah, like a two-part question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I feel like I'm, I'm, my first thought is that I, I do it as intuitively as possible, that I, I do it in the moment, um, as far as to answer kind of the second part of the question first, um, mm-hmm. that, like the where lo- the boundaries yeah, are, yeah, where the boundary is, um, and I, I think I think my sense of boundaries and what I value about my boundaries even uh, doesn't change per se, but it, it's flexible. Like it, it mm-hmm. it's depending on how I'm doing overall. I think there are times like I would say in the last, like in the period when I didn't have any podcasts at the end of the year that I kind of it kind of became like a season break after the first fifteen sixteen episodes. I mm-hmm. would say my boundaries were, you know, like the water level was lower so the 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 walls were a higher up um kind of like that like the like i was i was not as flowy and i and i had higher boundaries and it just occasionally i need that so i would say it's sort of intuitive depending on how the rest of my life is going how i feel as an artist how i feel about my energy how much energy energy i feel like i have to give based on how much energy i even just have day to day um yeah and could you remind me the first part of the question? It it had to do that. <laughs> Let me but... see if I can remember it. Um, oh, when you found that you you were taking a break, I guess I, that oh. kind of answers the question of: Did you feel like it came? The break came from like uh, like pressure on you. Like mm. you, you said that you felt your energy draining. So where mm-hmm. where do you think the the leak was? Um, yeah, um, I think it comes from pressure on myself. I think when I when I start to label myself is like doing well at first it's great it's like congratulatory it's like celebratory i'm like wow i'm 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 doing every day this week i'm a fucking king exactly like (laughs) i'm glad but it quickly becomes like this this like like metal i'm wearing that weighs me down and it and it starts to love that cling to it yeah right i mean it's like because it's like it's armor yeah because you're using it to protect yourself exactly exactly but you don't but you don't need it I don't know. And, and, and not needing it or realizing I didn't need it and letting it go is what allowed me to be doing well in the first place. Um, that's how it always goes on these kind of cycles. I do the spirals. Um, and, 
Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. To, to your question, like, I, I think the, it, uh, it's a bit of like, it's just the way the, the wave, you know, the tides go. It's just how it goes. Like I just, at times I, I have to like, like leave the world. And at times I really want to be in the world and, and exchanging energy and sharing and all of that. Um, and, uh, I think, over time, my it's been less and less drastic and intense, this process. And so maybe I would say that um, at times when I've had to do it, it's because the I, I'm just holding on to some kind of thing. I'm holding on to a perspective, to a conception of myself, to a way that I think I'm supposed to be, to, uh, you know, uh, something I wanted to achieve that I didn't achieve. And I'm so obsessed with the fact that I didn't achieve it or something. It, right. It's whenever I'm holding on to something, that's, I would say, maybe where the leak is. It's like, while I'm holding, gripping super hard on, like, on my right hand, I'm forgetting about the fact that I'm leaving an opening uh, and I'm making myself vulnerable to, you might say, doubt or fear or, right. um, yeah, any of those things. Yeah, I I love that. And I've definitely felt that within myself mm. um, over, like, the last couple weeks mm -hmm. and it's such a hard balance to find um yeah. because you know so much of for me um so much of the reason why i've gotten to the place where i feel like i am ready to enter in the public space again mm -hmm. i feel like i've done so much self-work like especially listening through your podcast it was so awesome to me because i was going through so many of the same stages mm -hmm. and it'd be funny because it'd be like sunday or like or like saturday and I have a real rough time and like I'm, I'm you know i'm struggling with like some of my addictions or whatever yeah. and then then the monday will roll around the podcast comes on and jack is just like tell you what guys i didn't even want to be here today i'm down <laughs> bad right now yeah, right. and then just just talk about it. i'm like i'm like dude i i fucking feel you like i'm yeah. in the exact oh, same man. boat and it was so funny how that would line up over time and it it was it was nice because it was like it felt like i kind of had a companion through it mm -hmm. i was like all right you know like let's see you know let's check in with jack yeah. see see what's oh, going on like yeah. see where where he's at yeah. which i think is is so much it's it's interesting because you talked before about how your, you know, before that you were, you know, throwing logs everywhere and trying to get as much reach as you possibly could. Yeah. But then I think, I think there's, you know, it's just like you said, it's like the Venn diagram, right? Like you need a little bit of both. It's, mm -hmm. it's just like a business funnel, right? Mm -hmm. Like you need that top level content that's mm -hmm. not too not too deep it's like you're just dipping your toes in it's like oh who is this guy you know yeah. he's got this kind of cool aesthetic and video like i wonder what he's talking about um yeah. or oh you know this is a cool visual maybe the song is nice i'll check it out right. um it's sort of like a shallow level but then um something that's so awesome about your content is that you can really dive as deep as you want to go you know mm -hmm. it's like you have you have the option to be like surface level and then you mm -hmm. have the option to say like, oh, let me see how he's doing on a day-to-day -day or week-to-week -week basis. This is what he's doing on Twitch. This is what's going on in his podcast that I know you recorded last night that's off the cuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. this is this is what's yeah. going on in his, in his head right now. And then you can go even one level below that into the Patreon and be like, okay, you know, like what are songs that he literally, you know, started last night? Or what's, yeah. you know, what's coming up? Like, I've heard him kind of tease at an NFT, but, you know, I'm not really sure what's going on. And then yeah. I know there was like a, a badge that had gone out um, yeah. on the Patreon like a little bit ago. Yeah. So that's something that um, I don't even know if I'm 
really even coming at this as a question, but just something that I noticed in your content that you've done really, really well that I think a lot of people can learn from Mm. um, is the fact that you've gone from one extreme to the other. But Mm -hmm. to me, I, I think it, it's almost like you mastering, you know, like each part of the funnel at different stages, Mm. you know, like at the beginning, it's like you learned the outreach and you learn how to get as, as much of a broad net out there. And then you started reeling in literally internally, as well as, you know, with your content, uh, Mm -hmm. in order to sign up, sort of go deeper into yourself. And as you went deeper into yourself, you allowed other people to be able right. to do that as well. Right. Which is kind of kind of interesting how that works to me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh hearing you say that, it's like it's the I'm sure you relate to this. It's like that was almost like when I listened to a song of mine that is not super old, but old enough that it's been a long time since I've heard it, but it's still really good. Like it yeah. like I still am like, damn, that was great. And I appreciate so much where I was at and what I was doing. I feel like you put, I, I wouldn't have really thought of it that way. You made it sound like I'm like steering my it's boat like and you, I'm leaving. You planned a it. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's, like, it's like you did it on purpose. Yeah, it's, right. it's weird how things work out like that, you yeah, know, in and, yeah. and the moment it always feels so hectic and like, yep. like what the fuck was I doing? Or, or yep. one thing I also love um, is from other I don't know, like business, um, business owners or just other people that I'll listen to interviews of. I love to listen to interviews of successful people and, yeah. and like get it, get a, an, an insight into how they think. Yeah. And, um, that's something that I've heard in so many different places of like, oh yeah, you know, there was this one time, um, there's this one artist that I really like and you'd probably like his content as well, but it, he goes by Struthless. Um, and he's a, oh, a yeah, visual, yeah. you know, him? I know of him. Yeah. I yeah. You know I'm pretty him. sure yeah, I've I'd, seen a, at least a few videos for sure. Um, yeah, so he had this one video where he was like, here is like five odd jobs that like I had Uh that I would not have thought had anything to do with this animation company that I'm building. But as it turns out, like the skills from each one of these were crucial for me being able to survive where I'm at, which is a lot of where I see, um, like right now, like with, with other jobs that I work as I'm moving into this full time, Mm -hmm. it's so easy to be like, you know, oh, this is like, what's, what the fuck's the point of this? You know, right. um, like this is obviously just filler. You know, I'm on the way to my goal. I'm on my, I'm on my right. mission. And yeah. this is just like a side quest. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, all those items that you get yeah. from the side quest are the items you need yes. on your main mission. Oh, but it's so dude. easy to treat them yeah. as like, uh, you know, just like just another stepping stone. It's like, how do I get to the end of the the, the creek Yeah, when it's when it's like how do I navigate these stones the best way that I possibly can yeah. in the present moment to make sure that I'm, you know, do I even want to be at the other side of the Creek? I don't know. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> like that's, right, right. that's, I don't want to get that esoteric, you know, but, um, but yeah, you know, it's like, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I was going to go with that. I think that was a good stopping point. Yeah. For that I idea. mean, I mean, I, com- <laughs> I completely, I completely resonate. I feel like the longer I'm alive every day, I'm, coming closer and closer to full realization of that through experience of the what great you're awakening. Yeah. I mean, where you realize that everything are the, every single side quest has the items you need for the main quest. All the side quests are the main quest. The main quest is the side quest. It's like, it's just, it all starts to blend together. And my, my career for sure has done that. There was a, a while, like a few years ago when I had this idea about what my music career was, where I had it so separate from like, 
my freelance work where I have clients and like all the other work that I did. And now it's so much more blended. Like the reason that Jack in the ways podcast is online is like directly inspired by the fact that I was helping to co-host a podcast in my freelance work, which is like a completely separate part, like where I'm not like making music or anything. I'm just Jack and I have clients who are basically small business, small business owners that I help with like tech stuff and just like web two type shit, like, like social media and podcasts and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, like that was just a tip. Like that started as a client that I got when I was like living at home right after I got back from college and I was like trying to do music and I was like, but I need a way to make money. It's just like what you were saying. This shit was totally was a side quest. I was like, let me just take on this client that lives nearby. And now I still work with her and I'm and it, like working with her and the other clients has had a huge positive impact on my like identity as an artist which is so interesting yeah. because it was all this work I was doing that was supposedly, you know, like, like periphery to artistry. It's like, Oh yeah, I know how to work Photoshop. I can make those social media images for you. But what's so interesting is like the relationships that I had, you spoke about the value of, of like you, you giving yourself into the, like the relationships you have um, mm -hmm. and how it, I, I guess there are positive and maybe negative experiences through that. But uh, yeah, but like, for me, I think these relationships I've had and learning about how to help people with this kind of stuff, it taught me how to help myself and to show yeah, myself that yeah. like, holy shit, if I was my own client, I would tell myself to expand the fuck out, like expand way yeah. out, do more, like let yourself be a jack of all trades. So what if you're not, so what if you a end jack, up being a, a master jack of none? of all trades? <laughs> yeah, huh? for uh, real. Uh, yeah, dude, it's such a thing in my life. There's, <laughs> do you know how many like puns and phrases Jack is? jack o lantern Jackass, like Jack in the Box. <laughs> Goddamn. But yeah, dude, yeah. And so that, and then Jack in the Way, of course, is my own made up pun, but all of them. Yeah, so so there's, I mean, from my own experience, I'll say, and and anybody listening, I mean, all of us just like, Anything you're doing that doesn't seem like it's related to what, to the path that you think you're supposed to be taking, I promise it's related. It's just not related in the way that you think, or maybe that you can appreciate right now. I'll speak for myself. I certainly was not in a place. I did not have like the uh, utensils within my consciousness and life experience to be able to appreciate what I was going to get out of these opportunities that I thought were side quests, you know? Yeah. I just realized, okay, cool. You, just, you had so much good stuff to say there. And one of my biggest um, learning, uh, learning experiences from the last podcast was I want to know, like, when, when good things happen in the podcast, I know that, like, I want that as a clip. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then I had to go back and listen to the whole thing and find them. <laughs> and it's a pain in the ass. And I just realized I could just set markers on my Ableton recording oh, and just dude, be yes. able to find, like, all of them. I was like, I'm like, I'm like, is there a timer in, in, in Zoom? Um, oh, yeah, true. But, yeah, and I, I th it's, it's interesting um, how looking at your clients especially, um, you mentioned that you said, well, if I looked at myself as a client – you know, I'd say branch the fuck out. And I think that that's such a great way to be able to look at anything that you're doing, mm -hmm. um, in, uh, 
you know, like in music or, or like as an artist or anything, like when you're able to practice distancing yourself from that identity, it's like who mm-hmm. I think I need to be as an artist. Mm-hmm. Let me just look at myself from the outside and, and detach my ego from this and not, mm-hmm. excuse me, <clears throat> and not like, you know, judge myself where I'm supposed to be or, or whatever and just look at it you know, very critically, but Mm non-personally, which is something that I've been Mm -hmm. taking from, um, there's a show called impact three on YouTube. That's been like huge Mm -hmm. for me. I watch it all the time. Um, and it's just, it's just about the mind game, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and it's one thing that the host Tom Billy brings up all the time is he says at the end of every single day, I, um, will write down, you know, like what happened throughout the day and, and what I did well and what I think that I can improve on and just being able to look at it but not personally affected by it because it's like that will put mm. blinders on you. It's like it's like how much how much of a of a self-hate thought can you handle right now? Because <laughs> yeah. then that's going to determine how well you can see where you need to improve is like mm. how much of a beating you can take when they shouldn't be correlated at all. Right. 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 Of like just be able to look at yourself completely detached from yep. that notion um, and just say like, oh, yeah, I need to do better here. But it doesn't mean that I need to hate myself or I need to beat myself up or I need to have any of these negative reactions right. to get there, like to just be able to to see it the same way that like if you saw your friend and you're like, hey, I need help on this. You wouldn't say like, well, you're fucking stupid. <laughs> and then like, this is what you need to do and this and that. You know what I mean? You'd yeah. be like, oh, let me see, you know, like how I can help and do it in such a more empathetic and and calm, non-judgmental, non-attached yeah. you know, way because it's their business. It's not yours. So right. like you're not, you know, so... Obviously, yeah. you want them to do well, but you're not as as personally impacted um, right. at the outcome. Yeah, yeah, totally. There's totally, uh, with every client, there's this built-in sense of detachment that I have that makes it so that I can give good advice that I, that I think is, you know, whether it's business strategy or whatever, organizational stuff or whatever it is. Um, and yeah, I mean, I completely resonate with what you said, and it made me laugh because of how it's so simple yet it can be so challenging it's like the simplest thing because we do it all the time with like you said with our friends like do i do it with my clients and yet it can be so challenging for me to have that approach with myself um and there are ways to do it and i'll actually to bring this around to what we've what sort of the uh the anchor in some ways of a lot of what we've been talking about which is podcasting like my podcast very much so that is the second half of the practice that's the part of the practice that i don't do on the podcast and it's the part where i listen to it later um like i listen to it when it comes out and i go on a walk and i listen to myself talk about whatever the fuck it is i'm doing that's like my therapy with myself and and the reason why it's so great is it's because just, I you're literally listening to yourself yes, I'm i love literally that because they say to that myself. you know yeah. go back and yeah. and be there for yourself yeah and you're quite literally listening <laughs> yeah. to your own voice talk yeah. to you yeah i need because i want some material uh assistance sort of with doing that i i don't want to have to just always just do it all in my imagination and like sit and close my eyes and meditate for 15 minutes then start imagining a conversation with myself and listen to myself i mean that's all very worthwhile but i think there's so much to be said for podcasting and and listening to oneself that way that way it's not quite as um golem-esque and you've you've externalized that second voice instead of like snapping back in your own mind you know like with the two voices fighting at each other so you can keep one central voice and one (laughs) external voice and it's such a balancing (laughs) act it's like a oh yeah 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 it's too much and and like yeah dude i mean 
I don't know. It, there, and there's just so much value to when I'm listening to my podcast, I can't like, I can't, it, I might feel like it's in my own head and I can comment on things. And occasionally I will, I'll be like, Oh my God, I said that or, <laughs> or you know, stuff like that. But it's so much of the time for what, for whatever reason, the space between recording the podcast and then listening to it a few days later, whenever it comes out or whenever I get to it, uh, is, is just, there's just something about it. That's just the right amount of space from it that I feel like, wow, I can only listen to this. Like, I can't change what, what this is now. There's no way to like, Mm. For you can't go back and hit the delete button apart. real quick yeah, yeah. or edit it yeah. because it's already out it's already you know it's, exactly it's, it's out of my hands it's done it's out of my hands it's like it's it's like i i wrote a letter of all these things i'm thinking i put it in the mail i send it off and there's nothing i can do about it and that i think that's podcasting is that it's like writing letters to myself that or really letters just in general that i can't get back that i all i can do now is just appreciate it for what it is and have like just see myself as just like this person that's just trying to express himself, you know, (laughs) that's, that's that's (laughs) so huge. And I think that that same, um, that mindset can, is such a powerful mindset to have in content creation in general. Um, and something that my mentor had to drill into my fucking head of, you know, just like, like, just do it. You'll figure out what's wrong with it yeah. after you've done it. And it's okay. You know, like you yeah. learn the most from those failures and from that content that wasn't as good. And from, you know, yep. the stuff that didn't quite go the way that you planned. And then you'll have such a better idea of to do it next time. Like I could have sat another week, two weeks, three weeks preparing for this podcast or whatever <laughs> and having all right. my, you know, questions laid out. Um, but then I still probably, you know, would have forgotten about the markers or something like that. <laughs> right. And then, and you know, and that's something that I only would, would yeah, pick yeah. up from, yeah. from being here and, and just doing it and yep. putting it out. Um, yep. that's, that's definitely one of the biggest things that I've been fighting with. And I'm really happy that I took, um, it's funny cause it's, I felt for so long, like that pressure on myself, you know, and that, that self judgment and all that was the only thing that was pushing me towards where I needed to oh, be man. when really it was oh, everything yeah. that was holding me back. And right. I, and I've had this conversation oh, with other people that have been close to me in my life where I, I was like, I remember I was walking through old town at night and I was like, um, you know, I'm just, I feel like I'm just so hard on myself, but I feel like that's the only way that I'm going to keep pushing myself to, to be the way that I need to be. Mm-hmm. And I was doing the least at that time uh, yeah. as compared to now when, um, I mean, I'm not totally, I don't think anyone's ever totally fully healed. There's still lots of, you know, room for progress, but, mm-hmm. um, definitely let go of that as, as much as possible. And every time I do a wave of content, like, um, I did one wave, you know, like two years ago, it was like one of my first waves. Um, and that is pretty much all archived and is about to be, if it's not. Mm-hmm. And then I did a second wave and that's about to all get archived. <laughs> and then this, you know, the third wave's coming and it's like every, every wave I learned something from the last and, yeah. um, and it's just something that, you know, I need to remind myself and for anyone else that's struggling with it, um, you're the main character in your story, but mm. as much as people care about you, um, you know, that are following you, anything that you do, they don't really like, I mean, obviously within reason, <laughs> but, yeah. um, you know, like they're, they're gonna, they're gonna forget it. And even if they yeah. don't, there's like, there's so many people that you could just rotate, <laughs> like just, yeah, right, just exactly. rotate into a whole new audience and just, exactly. you know, like completely switch an identity if you want you know like you did two years ago where you're just like you know what 
I'm I'm this now. And it's like, you know, rebrand, reboot, um, yeah. new thing, um, yeah. new identity, and everyone's probably going to forget it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And even if they don't, like people that for a long time, I, it hasn't happened lately, but people that would still ref- call me John. And it's like, and it's funny because like in my personal life, like everybody calls me Jack. And so that's part of why I changed it to Jack in the way. So I could just be Jack to everybody. Um, Interesting. But but it, it is it is kind of funny and yeah and interesting like i mean okay what i will say is i like beat my chest when you said the the part about like for so long you thought that the self judgment was what it, it i'll put it this way at least for myself cuz it really resonated mm-hmm. with me and and the turn the turn the acceptance the like oh fuck this might not be the way that i can really like be have, be energized as an artist like I was treating it like I was a horse and I needed to like lash myself to keep going. And like the self judgment was like the whiplash, like just lashing myself like every once in a while, it would be like, go, go, go. You're going to be nothing if you don't do this. Like, like this is, and in, in some sense it does get me to move like, but it's so painful and it's, it plays this like short ass game. Like it makes everything into this short time frame, short ass game where like, you don't have time to rest because you have to do this by this to do this to for this. And, and that if you miss any one of these goals, yeah. you're going to die alone, homeless, yeah. addicted to crack on the streets. Yeah, and, and, That's yes, where it's going. Exactly. <laughs> and, and it's so easy to torture oneself, like to, to whip oneself with that, to get, to get yourself to go. And, and it does get me to move sometimes, but it's so unsustainable. Like, like, and I'm still learning to, to let go of that so I can be more, more even keel with my artistic output, my artistic experience, my professional experience, all these things. So I can be more moderated, uh, around like a more level playing field between everything. But damn it. I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's like, I mean, I, I feel like that, that is, uh, it had addictive qualities to me. Like, like the, if I just look at the way that I would act and, and be with these things and shows were part of it all. Like it was all about like the sprint. And I was just like really sprinting all the time. And, and, and I, you know, not to say that I had no sense that it was a marathon, that it would, could take a long time. Cause of course I did. Mm -hmm. I listened to interviews of artists that I loved and, and all these things to get guidance and stuff. But nevertheless, I was still using the sprinty kind of self judgment to get, keep myself going because I felt like, like what you said, if I didn't have that, I'd be nothing. I, I wouldn't have any motivation. And what's interesting is that I found out during the pandemic where I finally started to make that turn and let go before I decided to do the Twitch stream was like, fuck, maybe, maybe I really have to accept the fact that if I don't have self-judgment here, I'm not going to do this. Like maybe I'm really not cut out for this because I can't do it with self-judgment. That doesn't work. I've tried it so many times. And so if I don't have that, then I've got nothing. So maybe I'm just, I don't know what I'm going to be. And when I changed my name, I, I think it was, this was right before I changed my name, but I released some demos where I was like, basically really accepting what it would feel like to quit. And I didn't say I was quitting, but I was also like, what if this is it? What if I'm done? Um, and, uh, and I think that was really important because it's sort of like a Phoenix out of the ashes kind of thing. Um, yeah. And then one day I was just like making some random art because I realized, holy shit, I'm never going to stop being an artist. And, and that was so incredible because 
wow, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it now. Like to, <laughs> to let myself die, to see the part in me that's internal to, I mean, that I can speak, I'm using kind of spiritual language in that, but if I want to speak about my artistry to like, let John Rome die so that the, the eternal artist within me that doesn't need a name, it doesn't need anything, but the opportunity and uh, environment to create that is so fucking eternal and I'm never going to stop being an artist and a creator. And so if that's the case, it's almost like, not to say there's no pressure because I am, I constantly experience pressure with new things I'm trying and everything. Like this is a healing mm -hmm. process. It's never really finished, but there was a period where I was like in bliss about my art. I was like, I was just like making random stuff on in Adobe illustrator and I was like, huh, I like the name Jack in the way. That's cool. And I was like, maybe I'll make this my like private account uh, handle or whatever. And then I made this like logo and it's the one I use now with a spiral and the flower and stuff. I was like, holy shit. Is this my new name? My new brand? <laughs> Is this my new everything? Me? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so then I did it. And so I, then I started making all the stuff and then slowly but surely I was like, oh, fuck oh my God, this is a whole new era. I'm going to start streaming. And I, you know, spent all the time at the end of 2020 getting all my gear together so that I could do this. Um, and now here I am, you know, one plus year, one and a half, two years later, and I'm, uh, you know, did the podcast as an extension of that. And NFTs are going to be an extension of that. Like my experience in like, I'm not sure how much you're aware of or, or people listening are aware of, but like um, sort of like the new internet basically and the way that, I just am collaborating so much more and I'm part of so many more communities that I ever was as in like social media web two world in those like few years before. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been a big, this is like the next part where I, I really start to give up like, like what I thought my career was supposed to be. Cause this Jack in the way period where I was like building, still building platforms just on different, in different places and expanding. That was one way to, and I'm continuing to do that. But this more collectivist sense of what I, who I am as an artist. Like I am an artist necessarily part of a community. I'm not this, this kind of artist that I am in collaboration with others in these collectives is, is not possible without the collective. And so I'm, I'm finding another new mm. uh, instantiation of my artistry of that eternal artistry with just a different name on it. It's like Jack as part of these, you know, decentralized autonomous organizations, stuff like that. So th those, these like ways of, of letting go of oneself. So you really, it's like when I, I feel like it, it, to go back to the self judgment thing, um, like it, like the self John Rome was the fucking self judgment. Like, and, and it's, I don't mean to say it to make it sound sad. Like I love what I made as John Rome. I love all of it, but it's like, it's like I had this merch that was, I wish it was cool to say too much. Like that was my fucking, that was me trying to say to myself, like, stop judging me, Jack, like talking to myself. But then, but then you're judging yourself for judging yourself. Well, right. Sure. Sure. Which is, yeah. a, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah. it's a crazy, it's a, it's yeah. a crazy beast. Yeah. 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 And so to be honest though, like I, there was a period where I was like, look, looked at that statement and I was like, oh my God, I like, I don't know what I, but now I see it as like, I, it was a cry for help from myself. Oh, right, so I right. Mean I, meant that, I meant that in the moment. Oh, not, yes, exactly. Not you looking back. I exactly. meant that in the, in the present exactly. moment of right, when right, that right. was happening. Yes, exactly. Right. And I had to reckon with that, though. Like, I had to reckon yeah. with the fact that I was 
judging that and and judging but it was like i was just trying my best like I, same as now i'm sure 20 years from now yeah. i'll look back and i'll be like wow i'm glad i learned not to judge my past self for things that i just didn't <laughs> know you know um yeah and and that that huge because, oh man that forgiveness yeah, is is, is deep that's hard it's like well i was trying my best like okay like but you were doing this wrong it's like yeah but i thought it was right yeah. at the time and i had to do it to learn that yeah. it was wrong yeah. um you know with with a lot of things you know yeah. it's like I, I it's so easy to look at your past self through the lens of what you know now and completely discredit it yeah. i mean that's so much of like what a lot of therapies are is, yeah. is about going back to past versions of yourself mm -hmm. with what you know now and doing that. I definitely had um, an experience on shrooms like that mm -hmm. uh, that I wouldn't say was like the end of any of these, you know, stressors. Um, it was definitely a very helpful therapeutic moment mm -hmm. um, for me. Mm -hmm. But I remember mm -hmm. like I was, I was on a walk and I was thinking about, um, uh, I was thinking about, something that I had uh, gone through a year before mm -hmm. and, um, and I had like tried so hard to not let it happen. Um, but then inadvertently, like that is part of what made it happen the same way that, you know, like mm -hmm. all of these things, like, like that, it was, it was all that same, you know, mm -hmm. that same cycle. Mm -hmm. And, and I just had a moment where like, I just sat down like on this path and I was just sobbing. Mm. And then like outside of my my shroomed out self came my other self. Yes, yes. Like patted yes. me on, on my back and was like, dude, you did you did the best. You were like think like yeah. like honestly, like be real with yourself right now. You were trying. Yeah. Your absolute heart is given. You were focusing on the wrong thing, but yeah. you were just blind to what the right thing right. was then. So yeah. you know, it's it's all good. Yeah. Um and yeah. I can't say that I live with that amount of clarity at every moment of every day. <laughs> right. uh, that would be that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was definitely definitely an interesting experience. And I've been open to the idea that there are probably other times in my life that I harbor that same kind mm -hmm. of self resentment towards mm -hmm. that I just haven't found yet mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. to figure out where it is that I need to go to find those things. Mm -hmm. But then I have to be very careful, you know, to not fall into that same, mm -hmm. you know, that same trap of like, I need to be looking for this thing right. because I need to be the best person that I possibly can be right. because I'm nothing without that because yeah, bada bang, exactly. bada boom, you're in the same loop. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. This is so easy to fall into. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like there's, there's certain things I have to do to, to anchor myself for, for you personally, you know, I know a lot of, um, your practices, but you mentioned, you know, podcasting and I can even say for myself yeah. that even just in this conversation right now, I feel like I've come to a better understanding and grip of some of the things that I'm thinking through. Like mm -hmm. I felt this sort of frustration, um, building up over the last week. And I've thought it to myself and I've written it to myself of like, mm. you know, I feel like I'm doing everything right. You know what I mean? And like, I'm putting in so much work and, mm -hmm. um, and doing all the right things, but I just, I feel like something, you know, building up, um, that I'm, that I felt before. And it's so scary. Cause I'm like, every time uh, this happens, it's like the burnout, right? Yeah. It's like, I can feel it coming. Yeah. You know, I can feel it coming. I'm like, what do I do? It's oh, like, man. just ignore it. Uh, <laughs> right. keep, Go go practice piano for thirty minutes like you said you would. Um, oh my god! Fuck, watch yeah. that one video uh, that says it's gonna change your life. Um, <laughs> shit! Uh, finish the mix. The mix you've been putting <laughs> off. Finish it. 
finish it now. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, you know, uh, so what are things that you do in your day to day that help you to ground yourself and help you to release some of that and, and to allow, um, mm-hmm. allow yourself, you know, the space to, um, to not, uh, fall into that same trap, like things mm-hmm. that you do to remind yourself mm-hmm. of, of where you're at and that keep you out of that trap. Yeah. You mentioned the word anchor. I, I like that. I like, I like an anchor that maybe doesn't weigh you down like it does a ship, but more like magnetizes you to your center kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like an anchor to pull you to the center. Um, that, what you were just uh, kind of exemplifying about your mind and like the thoughts that pop in, that was one of the best like uh, sort of presentations of like the fucking monkey mind or, you know, whatever you want to <laughs> yeah. call it, like just bouncy pinball machine mind that... Oh my yeah. god, that was very good. That was I just resonated <laughs> so much with it. Even even the way that the that uh you were putting your thoughts, the way they showed up, like for me yeah. it's very much so like that. Like I don't I don't say mean things to myself in my head. Unless I'm right. unless I'm like I don't super, let myself do that anymore. Yeah, unless I, I'm I like, literally like I just yeah. I put a hard stop. Yeah. Like I was just like, you yeah. are not allowed to it. It's that simple. Well, that's interesting. Like I'll start yeah. I'll start thinking it and then I'm just like, no. Yeah. Like, like just no. Yeah. And, and it, it takes a lot at first and it takes so much energy to, yeah. to stop them. And I wouldn't say that that's like something, uh, that's, uh, you know, I, I never want to come across as, as perfect or fully there. Cause mm-hmm. it's always a process, but yeah. that's something that I definitely like put in as like a hard faucet thing. Uh, it's like, you will not talk down to yourself. And yeah. it's that, it's that well, simple. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Um, I mean, what's interesting is I, I think my, I think this might just be like whether it's my upbringing or the people I was around and the way they talked about themselves or, you know, whatever imprints on my subconscious that I had as a kid led me to this. Mm-hmm. But for me, it doesn't, co- I like the, the wording that's used sounds a lot like my, the wording that comes naturally to my mind when it comes to like fear and doubtful and self-judgmental thoughts, it comes in the form of worry. It comes in the form mm-hmm. of like, you need to do this. You need to do this. What about this? What about oh, this? What yeah. about this? And so it's like incessant and it's so fucking annoying <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. So it's like, it becomes like this argument in my head rather than I have like a person who's like a bully. I don't really, and, and I mean, I, I know everybody has different experiences, but for whatever reason, I don't really have a bully so much in my head as I have like this like eternal worrier that is like a mixture of like, it's like, it's like a drill sergeant that isn't mean to me per se, but he's just so fucking concerned about everything. And so very authoritative, like you must do this, you must do this, but always from this place of like worry. And I'm like, why are you so fucking worried, dude? And, and you know, and then that makes me more worried of course. But anyway, all that to say is back to the anchor thing. I just had to appreciate (laughs) the way you were talking about (laughs) the mind, but, but to get to the anchor thing, I mean, yeah, there are, there are all different kinds of things that I've done. And even that I do now, my practice, has clearly been changing over time based on the landscape mm-hmm. of my life. Um, but as of right now, like the things that really anchor me are a series of practices that I have in the morning after I wake up sometime yeah. and a series of practices that I have before I go to sleep at times that has just had, that has been 30 minutes to an hour of meditation in the morning and at night. Most of the time it's not that, um, 
damn, an hour is intense. Yeah, I, and, I do yeah. like twenty minutes is the top end. Oh, that's of mine. good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, an hour is not my my average is is usually between twenty and thirty minutes. At least right now, there are just times when I'm much more into meditation than other times. Uh, but yeah. right now, I do yeah, like fifteen to thirty minutes of meditation. I write three pages stream of consciousness um, in my in like a notebook. Um, and that usually takes about half an hour. Um, and I, and I start with that. I start by draining the shit out, uh, from my brain, from my mind, whatever, and onto the page. Then I meditate once I've, once I've like cleaned out the gutters, I then sit and meditate and let my mind be, you know, do what it's going to do, but kind of let it be empty if it can be empty or let whatever thoughts are still lingering, linger and kind of dissipate, dissolve, whatever we want to call it. Um, those two, I do. Those are kind of like, those have gone hand in hand for the last like nine months. Um, and certainly there have been periods, even like we- a week or weeks at a time when I didn't meditate at all. Um, so not to say that I always use these anchors, but these work for me when I'm willing to put just enough faith in to just do them. Um, those things, walking is huge. Um, I say like there are days, like, uh, like I was like, there are weeks where I didn't meditate, but I meditated. I just didn't do sitting meditation and I... Right. I think I'm still separating just because I was so into like sitting meditation for a while. Like I'm, I'm still learning to like sort of at a, uh, maybe a sub level of my consciousness, like separate sitting meditation from all the, like recognize all the other kinds of meditation and not to say that I don't validate them when other people talk about them, but validating them in myself, like recognizing yeah. that when I go for a really long walk and I listen to music or I listen to somebody's podcast and I let it just soak over me and I just listen like that. I'm very much so meditating there. It's just a different kind. Um, so I do that too. I get, I get like moderate, consistent exercise that like movement in that way is really beneficial to me as well. Um, and those have kind of like been my trifecta since the beginning of the year. Like I even have like a little checklist every day. It's like, Pages Hell meditation yeah. I got exercise. the checklist. Yeah, dude. The checklist. Well, well, this, this is a checklist yeah, yeah. guy right however, here. However, however, <laughs> however, 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 I may be phasing that out soon because no way. All right, up, what's coming next? Because I'm deep in the checklist, okay. man. Don't. I mean, the checklists don't are take great. This, I have, no, I'm kidding. But I, yeah. I, I have one right here for my NFT music video I'm working on. But I love checklists. But I was I wanted this is kind of like a meta practice, maybe you could say to to finish this qu- answer about the anchor that anchors me to my anchors that is um, a small habitual practice of like, I have this planner that I got for this Mm -hmm. year and I got stickers and there's one kind of sticker for when I write, there's one kind of sticker for when I sit and meditate and there's one kind of sticker for when I exercise or do yoga or or whatever kind of body movement to give me like connection to my body. Like there's a different kind of sticker for each one. And so every day, once I do it, not only do I check it off in the checklist, but I give myself a sticker like they gave me when I was like seven years old and I got like an A on my math test or something or, or yeah. just did my homework. And so I'm kind of like, I'm working with a part of my childhood there. And so that's another yeah. thing that I think when I said like meta practice or meta anchor, it's like I'm anchoring to my other practices by using something that is both lightweight in terms of what I actually have to do, which is literally just take a sticker off a thing and put it on, but is nevertheless like connected to a deep part of myself because i associate things with like getting to give myself a sticker for something um and being able to look through this notebook of all these stickers and like each day i give myself the opportunity if something comes to me to like write write a statement so it might be like just try if you're feeling down just try doing this or 
or or some esoteric thing. It, it's just whatever comes to mind. Um, so those I would say are like my anchors right now uh, that I usually do. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I'm in a similar boat where I try and do certain things right when I wake up mm-hmm. and I try and do certain things right when I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. That being said, I need to pee. Okay. So let me take a like quick two minutes and I'll be right back. Cool, I'll do the same. All right, but um, I'm going to go ahead and stop recordings as well just so that... um. All right, so yeah, so what I was saying is um, I have a couple things that I do as well to, to try and keep myself grounded and mm-hmm. um, I'm definitely open to it changing and I'm not perfect about it every day, but... Um, I definitely try and meditate every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do the stream of consciousness, uh, though I think it would probably be beneficial to let go of some of that stuff first. So I might try integrating that or maybe doing even just a quick journal entry mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. I think part of it is that I'm too lazy to write that much. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> I then... feel you. Oh, God. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's kind of tough. And then at the end of the day is usually when I practice piano and then cool. do my end of the day journaling, which I would... Cool. And then I also just go through my checklist. So like I have goals that I'm trying to get to right now. And then yeah. it's like, did I do the, the steps that I can do today to get there? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's just like, did I work on on music for at least an hour today and i set my minimums pretty low um because i like to check my boxes and because um it just gets me started and also some days like there really is a lot going on and getting an hour worth of music done is is good you know like if i work my day job and have meetings in the morning and this and that you know if i work for an hour that i'd say that's solid on a day like that um though I far surpass it on other days. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, did I meditate today? Did I get up from 10 minutes from when I said I was going to get up? Um, mm. That was huge. And then mm-hmm. uh, um, was I sober today? Because I've been on a, um, mm-hmm. a sobriety thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, was, uh, what else do I do on there? Uh, did I practice piano? Did I journal? I think that's that's most of it. So there's mm-hmm. just like different things that are, goalposts that I'm trying to hit um, that I make sure to check yeah. throughout the day to try and keep myself grounded and make sure that um, that I have those forms of self-expression. And I always hated on, or not hated on, but I would never say hate on actually, but I never really quite saw the point in like journaling for CBT. Um, mm. But mm. I found huge, huge benefits in it and it did not make any sense at first. Mm-hmm. Um but I've 100% noticed a um, less recursion of, of negative thought patterns. Mm-hmm. And I've definitely also noticed that when they do come around, I'm quicker at noticing them mm-hmm. and I'm quicker at, you know, putting it into them right away. Or at least I've thought through it. So I quickly have five different rationales as to why that thought mm. is irrational. So it's mm. just like, um, oh, I'm thinking this, but I know boom, 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 boom. Mm. And it's like, okay, oh, we can put that great. to rest. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's definitely been huge for me. You know, so much of making content, being an artist and all of this stuff um, is just how much you're in your own way, um, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. You know, Jack in the Way. That's my name. Yeah, that's why it's my name. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. Yeah, I love. I loved hearing about the, like, almost like the the flow that you have where it's like, uh, almost like a, uh, what is it, what is it? Like if this, then this, or if this, then this like statements, do you know, yeah. it's like, if you are feeling mm-hmm. this way, then do this, then do this. And it's like, you have one of those, it's automatic in your head where it just, 
kind of can go down or maybe i don't know i I can't say obviously how automatic it is but it seems like you have a system in place that you you utilize uh which is yeah 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 for sure man it 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 can be um it it can definitely be very helpful Mm -hmm. and it's something that i also noticed i mean it was something that i picked up from like the power of now Mm -hmm. and and some other things that, that i've been going through um of being able to like if you find yourself at at any it's like if you want to uh, i don't know if okay let me let me recalibrate it's like if you feel you know at unease i guess what i've figured out is to be more mindful of when i do feel it uh, not at ease mm-hmm. when i do feel like these things come over because it's so easy for them to be subconscious and subliminal and to not even realize uh to just to just accept it and mm-hmm. and to not uh, or to just like have it be there and be like, I'm mad, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And not actually have any idea why it is that I'm mad. And it seems so simple, but like I was talking to my therapist one week mm-hmm. and I said, oh, you know, th- these two days were, were really rough. Um, and he's like, when you say rough, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I just, I didn't get a lot done. I wasn't very productive. You know, I had trouble just doing the normal day-to-day stuff. And he's like, well, what were your thoughts? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, it was just, they were, it was bad. Um, he's like, well, what were they exactly? And, and I was like, oh, let me, let me write them down next time and figure <laughs> yeah, out what yeah. it, what it is yeah. so I can work through them. And it's right. definitely an ongoing process, mm-hmm. but, um, super, super eye opening and, mm-hmm. and super helpful. Mm-hmm. I definitely think as artists that, um, what makes you, what I, one of my favorite things about art is that in order to get better at art, you have to get her, get better at life. Like you just have to get better at being yeah. in general, yeah. you know? And like they, they really go hand in hand. It's like what we were talking about before with being able to, to trust the process and to just think about getting from one stone to the next and not worrying about, you know, where something, where something ends or what's supposed to get a, yeah. a, accomplished with it. And then you'll get the best accomplishments <laughs> without right. even trying, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. It's like every time you sit down to write a song, it's, it's it can be very scary. <laughs> right. Totally. <laughs> do I know how to do this? Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna double check my um my list here real quick sure, and just see sure. if there's anything else that I wanted to get into today that I didn't um yeah. da, 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 da. check that. Well, here's one I find relevant. So one thing that uh, I've noticed in your more recent work is that you've started, especially through your Discord, um, you've started to build a community around yourself mm. and the community that's that's pretty close-knit and it feels... Um, how do I say this? Well, it feels like a community. <laughs> so there's, uh, I think there's definitely certain things that you've done to help foster that and um, create, I would say, fans around yourself that are very loyal to keeping up with what you're putting out and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think you've done uh, with with your content and what you've done over the past that's been the most effective in that? Um, have you found that you have a more of those, you know, really, um, 
really invested, I would call them super fans now, than you did when you were working at more of like the influencer level. Um, mm. And then also, um, you know, let's keep it at those two for mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're playing for the future is what I was going to ask. So what you, what you think uh, you've been doing up until this point uh, to, to get people to that stage, like mm -hmm. myself, like I'm a Patreon subscriber to people that are, um, uh, and, and, oh man, I'm tripping over my words right yeah, now. So what I, you've done yeah. to get people to that level, how you plan on getting people yeah, to that level. And yeah. what do you think what you're doing now is working better than what was yeah, four or five years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the first thing that comes to mind as far as the first kind of part of the question, which is up till now, um, how I might have fostered that or what's been effective, I think is that I, I don't say this because I, you know, I, 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 I mean, I, I say this just because I think this is how it happened, I guess, is that I think I just let it happen. Um, I think that from my experience, I've always felt this like resonance. I've always felt this experience of resonance with smaller groups of intimate people and settings um, mm -hmm. from the very beginning. Uh, I've always felt a resonance there that that I was somehow like more appreciated in those settings. Not to say I couldn't thrive in bigger settings, but somehow I just always felt like it was more effortless. It was more intuitively uh, smooth to resonate and, and build resonance and create resonance in the experience of my art in whatever form or fashion in the more intimate settings that you might say now are like my Twitch stream and having a podcast, having a Patreon at all, even having a Discord, all of these things, like as active or inactive as they are. I mean, the Discord, I know, especially for the first maybe like three to four months, was way more active than it is now. And I think, you know, similar, uh, my Twitch stream was much more active before. My podcast was much more active. But I think that I was just doing them and I was just letting community form naturally based on mm -hmm. what I intuitively felt and thought about in the moment. So when the idea of having a discord where people could chat that had been chatting in my Twitch chat, like after hours or whatever, that just came up on one stream. And so I just made the discord. So I just got mm. just to get to our earlier points about getting out of your own way. I just got out of the way. Um, I think I got let I'm, I'm what was effective is almost like more of like a meta approach rather than a specific thing or really just an approach an approach of less being less controlling about what my like creative support system looks like and acts like um right and and so i think i think that's what was most effective and so what it meant was following my heart like following what i just wanted to do like starting a podcast or a twitch stream with the chance that who knows maybe maybe it won't uh, you know, take off, but it'll just be a, yet another way to build intimate connections with people, exactly like what right. you're saying. And so I, you know, do I want more uh, people watching my Twitch stream regularly? Do I want to be releasing more podcasts? Yeah, I think so. But I recognize that even if I'm not doing it the way that I'm, these benchmarks that I might have thought I needed as like an influencer kind of, um, that I, as long as the resonance is still there, as long as when somebody that, that like you were talked about having listened to my podcast or me listening to my podcast, as long as I experience resonance there, as long as when I do post on discord or if, 
there's a time when I I'm sharing something or there's something on Patreon. As long as I feel like there's a resonance there, I, I think if I can just lean into that, that's what's so effective at bringing me to this point is leaning into like what that. resonates both with me and other people, regardless of how much reach it has, even regardless of consistency, just focusing on like bringing my most sincere self when I can so that just like it always has been that intimate community can, can be built around me and really like built with me, like where it's, it's springing up, not because everybody, it's not like everybody is like uh, a super fan in the sense that everybody's going to have posters of me on their walls or something. I mean, there was a time where I wanted that kind of thing, but I don't really want that now. I mean, there's something about that that I'm sure would be cool, you know, if there I have like arenas and stuff and people want to treat me like that. But I I actually think that in wanting the fame, the appreciation that comes from fame, like I what I really wanted is just appreciation from a community and just a feeling like I'm a valued member of a community even if maybe in this case, like it does feel like it's centered around me because it's my content. But the reason why everybody resonates isn't because I'm like this po- this guy on a poster that's just like a star or whatever. It's because hopefully I'm relatable. Like I'm, I can yeah. be related with exactly like what you were saying about how you'll have a, a particular Saturday that you might uh, be dealing with this or that. And then you listen to to my podcast on Monday and you resonate with it. And that's what, that's what, the primary aspect of your experience is that you're seeing yourself in what I'm making. And, and, and that to me is so important because that's what fuels me. I mean, like not to say I would have stopped the podcast, but the reason I have as many episodes as I have is definitely a huge in part because of what you and other people that have said positive things about the podcast. But like when you've asked where it is, like, is there a podcast this week? Like that reminds me that, that, Oh, right. I'm not right, right, right. I'm not playing the influencer game anymore. I'm playing the resonance game, which is less playing a game and more like dancing. Like we're jamming, we're dancing. This is, this is a dance about resonance. How can we resonate with each other? Um, so that's been huge. And I think going forward, it's, I found the key. The key is the resonance for me because it allows me to resonate with what I'm making and allows other people to resonate with what I'm making so that we can relate and connect and build community relationships, all of those wonderful things. And going forward, it just means doing that more consistently. I think that's my, my main focus going forward. And I think as I heal as an artist, as I feel, as I let go of self judgments, it'll be easier and easier to build more sustainable systems and more consistent consistency. Because I think I, I like when you were talking about waves of content, I think when I started the stream about a year ago, all the way till October of last year, but when I had been doing the podcast, that was like a wave of content that I put out. And it was, mm-hmm. I would say the healthiest wave of content I've put out, but nevertheless- A very long lived one as well. What'd you say? I said a really long lived one as oh, well, like as far thanks. as the consistency Thank of you. it. Thank pre- you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. And, and I think there was a little bit of uh, sort of, you know, I was really- I was really excited about the idea of doing content for this reason. I was really excited about being like an intuitive content creator. And (laughs) that might be what I am at this point. Like I'm like, I create content from intuition and, and I, and so that affects its consistency or non-consistency. But I think like there is a certain amount of um, what is, what is the word? It's like just, I mean, it's just excitement. It's momentum. 
It's like, yay, this is right. a wave. And now that I've found the best way to surf the wave so far, that has been the last year. Um, now it's about, okay, that's great. But how do I, how do I get myself to be able to be consistent through these waves so that I can continue to build upon this like treasure that I found, which is the, the, the more of a key or a more accurate key uh, to my creativity and to connection with the people around me to build resonance, to really build supporters. Um, yeah. And, and that, and I think, I think web three, like the blockchain new internet space, that's going to be huge for that. I, and I think my NFT is going to be that that's like the next thing is, is creating NFTs. And I mean, a lot of creators now are creating DAOs and it's like, and their organ, their organizations built around them where people have a token so they can vote on what the artist does. So it's like, you know, if, if I, that's really cool. Yeah, I'd love you to con continue on like where you see yourself in the, in the web 3.0 space. Oof, and obviously yeah. I don't, I, you know, you, I know that this is something you mentioned before where it's something you're working on. It's a little bit under wraps. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. don't feel like you have to necessarily expose everything. Sure, sure. Um, but maybe some teasers on what you've seen other people doing that's inspired yeah. you and and where you might see yourself in the space or or even just thoughts on the space in general. Because I think yeah. a lot of artists are very excited about this with good reason. Yeah. I think there's a little bit of... Um, I think it's a little bit overblown in some ways and it's a little bit, um, you know, economically a little bit bubbly mm -hmm. as far as like certain aspects of it. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to get, um, you know, to the moon about it yeah. of oh, like, yeah. oh, something that's like somewhat obscure is suddenly going to be worth, you know, $40,000. And um, right. I, I think that that's like an extreme way of looking at it. But the, the way that you talk about it right now, about its ability to have more connection with the community I think is a much more sustainable and totally. realistic way of totally. looking at how web 3.0 is going to change things. Yeah. I'd love to hear your opinion on yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, yeah, totally the way you just put it, I, I de definitely resonates with me. Um, yeah. I mean, I definitely, the thing about the NFTs and like an artist, you know, artists, there have been articles, there was one in time magazine with this one musician, Daniel Allen, who's really sort of a pioneer. He's the first, as to my knowledge, the first or one of, the first artists to create have this what are called creator DAOs. So like a, a it's basically like a community around an artist and and their art and their content. Um, where you know other than uh, sort of how I have it now, where I've got a Discord and we have people in the Discord that are members. Like if there was a way where whether it's because I actually sell the tokens, which I probably wouldn't do it this way. I would just airdrop tokens to. Uh, people that I know are supportive of me. Um, and then it would give them voting power and sort of, uh, you know, governance in the process in terms of deciding what I do uh, or whatever I decide, wh whatever it might be. And, and there are ways to sort of reward people that are supporting me from that resonance level of like, we could call it a super fan, but really like a supporter, like a, a tight knit fan yeah. and supporter at the same time. Um, I really, really love so many of the, sort of developments in this space, I might say. Um, and I, I do think though that NFTs go hand in hand with, um, like the DAO thing, the creator DAO, the creator community thing. Um, uh, I, could you define DAO for me? For sure. I'm yeah. Not sure so what, DAO, what say DAO which is so interesting because I, I, I the, had the such spiritual a history the first yeah, one with that... DAO as a, as a sort of a term in my spirituality. But DAO is is D A O. It stands for decentralized autonomous organization. So the the idea is that you have a collective of people 
that really what it comes down to is it's a collection of tokens and the tokens just happen to be owned by people, but, and the tokens, uh, so like the currency of the community, um, give people the opportunity to vote, to enact, um, sort of, uh, initiatives, projects, uh, uh, put up proposals, things like this to get the community to do what they want it to do based on how many tokens they have. And there are all different ways to earn tokens depending on what community you're a part of. But the DAO itself is, it's meant to be decentralized in that there is not a centralized uh, form of leadership necessarily. There might be, mm. but it's not necessary to the function of the organization. So there wouldn't necessarily be an override if if it wasn't intended. Right, right. And so, but like I was saying, like you might have like a leader that could do that for a particular DAO, but it's not necessary to the structure of a DAO. It's more like it's a feature of some DAOs because some DAOs do benefit from very clear leadership. Uh, oftentimes, a lot of DAOs start out with sort of like this benevolent dictator kind of thing where the person mm -hmm. is starting it, it's their baby and they want it to be something. And then once it gets to a certain point of age, sort of coming of age, they then say, okay, my role, I'm dissolving my role. I'm no longer going to be this benevolent dictator. Now I'm just a member of the community. We all have voting power. Let's see what happens. And so it's, it's decentralized in that sense. It's autonomous in the sense that it, it kind of runs itself. I mean, to put it sort of, uh, in, in kind of, uh, simpler terms, it, it basically runs itself. Um, yeah, so so that's like a a DAO, and I think a big part of it though is it's kind of like it's like trying to describe dancing to somebody. It's like you could say, yeah, you move your right arm this way, you move your left arm this way, but the best way to know what dancing is just just to go somewhere and watch people dance or to dance yourself. And I think DAOs are like that, um, at least in my experience. Like, I'll definitely have to research into these because totally. I had not heard anything about this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. I mean, in in a you know, for artists in a sense, it's like. Like not creator DAOs, like DAOs like that are built around an artist, but more like, um, excuse me, like, like uh, artist DAOs where it's like a collective. It's like it's almost like this cross between like an artist co-op, a collective, and like a union. Sometimes it's like this, like we support each other. We have projects together. We might sell NFTs together, like create NFTs and sell them. We might fundraise for things. It's kind of like that, almost like a like the discord becomes like the community center for me and my local digital, like digitally local artists. Um, and so I'm one, a part of one called song camp. That's really great. We definitely recommend checking that out. It's kind of like, it's like web three, but not specifically only web three. And it's, and it's tail. It's mostly for musicians or people working within the music industry. Um, and that's a really great place also to get introduced to web three too. Uh, but yeah, so, so that being said, uh, DAOs are huge. And I think that, that I do though, think that d for a creator like me or any content creator that is interested in this, there's a cross or, or, a more like a handshake happening between NFTs and the DAOs because in, in so many ways, like the NFT, it's just a, it's just a nice way to be able to have a gallery of one's artwork and, and not to say I mean, it can be a wonderful way to generate some income as an artist, and I, I definitely encourage anybody to do it. Like, uh, if yeah, I've heard can, of it almost like yeah. a, an investment as well from some people's point of view, because yes. if you're the original owner of something yes. of that either does well or of somebody that do, then goes off to do well, yeah. 
that it's almost like having a first edition exactly. kind of thing. Exactly. It's like the first comic book that ever came out of this issue. It's like the the first vinyl that it was ever pressed. And it's just, there's, with NFTs, it's just there's this idea that everybody eventually will come around to of, of what digital scarcity means. So how could something be both digital and scarce in the sense that like, because I could just save any NFT photo a photo of an NFT and download it to my computer and don't I own it? But it's like, actually, no, in the space of the blockchain, only the person with the right code owns it. And so that's how digital scarcity happens because we have the code to kind of go with it. So, and that's, for me, that's where, that's where I see them coming hand in hand because yeah. we have this idea of digital scarcity and value that the artist creates for themselves and other people can say, I'm down for this. I'm down to support you. I'm going to invest my faith in you. I might invest my, you know, crypto in you, whatever it might be. So I like that. And and also it's really, you say like digital real estate and I love that. And I think a really good way to, it's, it's almost like, um, I don't know. Do you know Terrence McKenna by any of chance? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever, did you ever hear his like explanations of like where he thought the internet was going like way before it was really a big thing? I think so. But I, if you can give me a recap of it, I'd love it. Honestly. Yeah. yeah I don't think I can uh, really explain it too okay, well. Cool. It, was, it was a while ago, but he had some, he had some interesting ideas, but it, they get, I mean, the dude was on shrooms like all the time. So they get <laughs> a little bit out there, but at the same time, you could really see that he was on to something as far as like this selling of digital content, mm. Period. Mm -hmm. It didn't really exist at all. And he saw that as something that would happen like the similar way that we sell files now. Ah, like he yeah. saw the interchange of digital assets, the same way that you can sell custom artwork to somebody. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like right, right. people 20, 30 years ago would be like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean there's no actual picture? Right. 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 So like the same way that that was foreign to them, I think this web 3.0 thing is kind of foreign to us. And the right. way that it's fully implemented and that we come to full understanding of it is only going to happen in time. Yeah. But one way that I, just from what you were saying, when you said digital real estate made more sense to me, because it's almost like, um, I, you know, the idea of the metaverse, metaverse is such a, a, a um, hot, you know, kind of just ambiguous buzzword right now. But to me, it's, it's like, I imagine, um, say Grand Theft Auto, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's an online community in that. Mm -hmm. And then you can, I haven't even really played it much, so I could butcher this, but say there's only one map and there's only one map that everybody can go to. And it's huge, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's gargantuan, but people own different parts of that map mm -hmm. and people can own things inside of that world. Like mm -hmm. you could have a skin on your gun, like for, you know, mm -hmm. Fortnite or, or, or Call of Duty or whatever. Say you have a one of one skin, you know right. what I mean? It's like, yeah, anybody can take a picture of that skin, but they can't play with that skin exactly. in the game. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it adds, it's it's like, exactly. it's like, well, yeah, I can take a, you know, picture of a song, but can I play that in my digital cafe inside right. of my digital world? No, I don't have the rights to that, exactly. to that song. So exactly. I can't, you know, get it into here. So exactly. I think that the implementation of this is definitely going to be, um, more longer term and kind of junky. Yeah. Um, yeah. but, uh, it's definitely a really intriguing concept yeah. that, we're really at the forefront of and i do think that there will be um as as i love your way of looking at it of that your music is and your community is so much more about the resonance because i've always seen it the same way too mm -hmm. like when i first was listening to music the reason why it, it connected to me so much is because it made me feel like i wasn't alone mm -hmm. in times that i really felt alone and was very isolated mm -hmm. i was like here is this other person that I feel like I know just from listening yeah. to their music, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm like, I feel like there's someone here for me yeah. because they put out this energy that I'm now receiving. Right. Um, and I think that's one of the most powerful things about these communities and about this music. And, um, 
and something that, especially as uh, independent artists, can be offered to such a deeper degree in these types of, of close-knit communities. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, to be able to understand those artists on a deeper level and not see them just in some scripted, you know, magazine interview right. where they got like, oh, what is your biggest influence? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, it, you know, say like 20 years ago, like, well, what what the fuck does that do to me? But to be able to see like how they live on just like a, a day-to-day basis or or have some like inside joke or something like that right. from from the stuff that they have right. um, is so huge. Yeah, I'm kind of spiraling off, uh, off, off the topic a little bit, but sure. I, I do think that... Um, there will be an added sense of community and resonance from it, which is huge. Mm-hmm. And also, I, I think that as things get more digital, you know, with scarcity comes supply and demand. And the more the more scarce something is, the less demand that you have to have for it in mm-hmm. order for it to be something that's valued more. Mm-hmm. So I do think that there is also um, much more possibility in this, uh, in this yeah. space financially as well. Yeah. Um, but I do also love that, I think that, there's so many other artists that have talked about this and I love the way that you talk about it of that, that not and like the, the guys from Oaktown soul have said this and the beginning of one of their songs, he said, it's funny because in our capitalistic society, it's so easy to think of like, how can I bring income from this, mm-hmm. which is an important thought. But he, he also said, well, but the more you just focus on making the music, the most resonating that it can be mm-hmm. the most impactful and the most life changing that it can possibly be the more that all of that other stuff is going to kind of figure itself out mm-hmm. the same way that you were like, I'm like, okay, well, what's your, what's it, why do you think this worked and what's your plan for the future? And you're like, well, I think it worked because I had no idea and it felt right. Yeah. And, and it kind of worked and I'm going to keep following that intuition yeah. and try and build that connection. And I think that by following that, the similar way that like you've sort of naturally worked your way through the artist funnel, you know, from, <laughs> from being at the, at the top end. I mean, it, it really worked like that, the way right. that I fell into it, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I fell in it at so many, uh, so many words. Right. Um, and then, you know, here I am in your Patreon, you know, yeah. this amount of time later. Yeah. So, wow. you know, That's being incredible. able to facilitate every part of that, every part of that process obviously is done a little bit naturally, but then, yeah. you know, a little bit consciously. And, yeah. um, I think that's really exciting. That that was really one of the biggest um, reasons why I wanted to get you on is because mm-hmm. you're one of the few um, independent artists that I know of that is really implementing every step of that process to to build a community like that. Um, wow. There's a lot of people that I think are still only on the influencer end, and like we said, I I do think it's it's not necessarily a, a right and a wrong. I think there mm-hmm. are different approaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and that there is a mass appeal approach, approach, and um, it is possible to do that. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of those things that you also are much more likely to need to be involved with a bigger organization, mm-hmm. which then takes away a little bit of the um, influence you can have on things. Yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of it is changing, and there are artists that that, main, that manage to maintain their um, artistic integrity even mm-hmm. throughout that process. Um, mm-hmm. But even in that level, I think that you know, your best chance of getting to that point of getting signed to that level is starting and building your own community right. and having a working organism that can then just be upgraded. Right. Um, I think makes you a much more valuable yep. asset to somebody that's, you know, labels are investors. They're not just, you know, they can create, you know, some artists out of nothing and just throw songwriters and whatever at mm-hmm. them. But, you know, it's, it's just like with, with Russ, for example, he's like, mm-hmm. I wanted to wait until mm-hmm. I had myself set up to a certain level mm-hmm. such that I could, you know, play well here um and that's clearly worked in his favor so yeah yeah um yeah yeah it's definitely a really uh 
really awesome part of of what you do um wow. as an artist you. thank you it's so of course man. it continues to be incredible to hear that <laughs> um i really <laughs> appreciate it because it, it really does feel like i let myself i let go of like needing to do not that what you're describing about having every piece of the funnel but i did kind of let go of the funnel and the idea of like the funnel and i just did what felt right and it just turns out that's what actually allowed me to cover my bases um which is very very interesting like i i really was a matter of just letting it happen and not hanging on so yeah. tight to one part of the process uh and things like that but you said organism yeah, like, i love that yeah. word that totally <laughs> it's like it's like creating give allowing an organism to form i mean that's even what the dao is or even the discord community is like 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 that's what i think in many ways creator dao's like like if i had a token for all the people in the discord and then i mean that's kind of with like the poap badge thing that we mentioned earlier mm -hmm. that's the idea is i'm starting i'm just toying messing around with seeing how's this what's this like for community engagement what what would this be like but i think creator dao's might just replace maybe not replace labels but overtake labels so that labels are not a primary thing for artists anymore they're just one option among many that are even that uh, and the other options are just as if not more valid than a label right now yeah the the independent artist is totally a thing i mean it's been a meme for the last 10 years or plus but it's it's that like as it was a meme it was because it was a reaction to labels we're now like gonna be post label where it's gonna be like oh you're an independent artist oh cool and it's like but it's like assumed it's like oh there are so many independent artists because you can make it as an independent artist now it'll just be like right. not like it's possible but it's like doable uh because i think creator DAOs are going to be like instead of the label as an organism that's centralized you're going to have these organisms that pop up that are interesting the with that decentralized are labels exactly so almost like yeah. people could vote your way into exactly an amount of like yeah. amount of push or yeah. outreach or yeah or amount of like content if, that that yeah. collective then does on you could be completely community based right, right like the like if the fans of you know uh uh whoever on whatever major label uh like fans of kendrick lamar were the were the label heads and executives and the anrs like if the fans were those people or if this is pure democracy. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's a very is... interesting experience of democracy for sure. Um, so it, it is, it is interesting. And I, I think it's headed that way. And that being said though, there are also decentralized music labels that are popping up too, which is very interesting. And so that's kind of what I mean about like it at a certain point, it'll become like, well, do you want to be part of an artist DAO? Like what, like what I'm doing right now, where it's like you're one artist among many that are all kind of collaborating together and sort of co-op form. Mm -hmm. Do you want to be part of a decentralized label where it's you and some artists, but a lot of other people that are interested in what the label's doing? So sort of a group of artists. Or do you want to be your own individual creator DAO? And the best part is you can do all of them. <laughs> um, so I think yeah, it's much less limiting than like the, like I think for when I was, you know, kind of coming up or whatever as John Rome, I was like, well, it would be really cool to be on a label because then I'd have all the money to do what I want to do. Uh, but I don't want to give creative control. It was like that was the dualistic just situation. It was like, yeah. dual, and I didn't ever, I, I, to this day, I do not want to let go of the wheel, except if I have a community of people that I know love what I do and support me. That's when I'm like, holy shit, that would be really fun to get like 
music or like that's content what you're doing it for exactly. like you said you're doing it for that residence exactly. you're doing it for that community exactly so. and if the community are the people that are basically paying my bills not maybe not because every single person is donating or or i should say buying my nft or stuff or stuff but it's kind of like the patreon idea you know it's like there's it's not a ton but it's something to show good faith that like a person cares about what i'm doing enough to like be yeah. there um and and i think I think that to me is like, holy shit, like it, we're going to 10, 15 years from now, we're going to be in a situation like what I'm describing. And we're gonna be like, how the hell was it not like this for artists? This is just, this yeah. works so well. It is like a shame that ar- there was a generation of artists that at the beginning of the internet. So we might say the first 20 plus years of the internet that just did not have access to digital scarcity and did not have the ability to connect directly with fans. They had to post on this stupid fucking social media website where their bosses as an independent artist basically are like the algorithm and they have to hope it gets to a community so that they can build a community. Like we we're the, we I love have that. infrastructure. Like the the yeah. stripping of, of filter, yeah. of filtration, yeah. the stripping of algorithm, yeah. which algorithms I think can be great in some way. And I think that the web 2.0 and web 3.0 will continue to piggyback yes, off of each other for a while. Definitely. Um, but yeah, like the idea that there will be places where nobody can influence that level of control. As we've seen with, you know, uh, I won't get too far into it, um, but, you know, just with the ability of, of networks to be able to um, censor things, yeah. um, you know, especially as, as we've seen more recently, yeah, yeah. Um, seeing that um, be able to be stripped away in, in a, yeah. in a uh, Web 3.0 type yeah. of uh decentralization is yeah. definitely and I, an intriguing and I, idea. Yeah, and I think it'll be kind of like what I was saying about labels where it's not like web to p- social media platforms that there's anything inherently bad about them or or damaging about them. It's just that there's so much focus on them right now and if in the same way that it was helpful for me in my content creation to to turn away a little bit from influencing and from social media and like web 2 platforms uh, it, it'll make it so the web two platforms are lighter. Like it's not, it's, it, it might even make it better. Like the experience, at least for artists and creators and people who follow artists, it might make their experience of the web two platforms even better because less, there will be less pressure for artists to create content on those platforms. And it'll be more like just this extra cool thing that the artists had. It's like, yeah. Oh, follow them on social media if you want. And, and it's not because it's social media will be a new thing like it was in the, like, you know, like the mid 2000s when it was like an extra thing then because artists didn't make a living from posting content on Instagram. It wasn't even a thing yet, but it'll instead be because we like, it's like we're post social media where social media still exists and it's still a great way to connect with people, but it's not like the be all end all. It's not the way, it's not the only place or even the place to go to make an income as a content creator. Instead, it will be like these tools that, that assist you in that, which is what they originally started out as, but it, social media became like what you were saying, the, the, the scene of the game. And so it was like, things were valuable just because they could be used on social media. And I think as yeah. we move into web three, that won't disappear, but it'll just be lighter. It won't be, there won't be such high pressure. And who knows? I'm like, with that, I might have the energy to like post a lot more you know, personally, yeah, because I'll I, feel I love fulfilled. that because then you're not, it's not just algorithm fodder yeah. and you see so much of that content yeah. and you know, it, it, it works and, um, you know, the, the numbers don't lie as far as engagement and that's what the algorithms are for. But, you know, that being said, it does definitely 
um, make you wonder how much the quality of content would potentially go up if there wasn't, I can think of lots of, of posts or, or content that's, that's come through algorithmically that is just kind of clearly an algorithm pleasing post Mm -hmm. that really didn't do much for me, Mm -hmm. but was still algorithm pleasing. And Mm -hmm. so the idea that we could also get rid of a lot of that kind of filler content Mm -hmm. and not be, I think a lot of that filler content comes from that pressure. So the idea that we can, we can move beyond that is really intriguing. Um, yeah, with that being said, I think we're definitely coming up on around a good time for the um for the podcast cool. to come to a close. Um one thing that I would ask is um just to mention where people can find you mm-hmm. um online so that they can check in with you and and keep watching you through your journey as you're creating new uh new uh communities on on web3 and also, you know, where they can find you now. Yeah, well Damn, dude! Thank you so much for having me. This is uh, this has been an incredible experience, and I'm I'm so happy we got to talk for this long and got in depth with so many different things. Uh, ooh, I, it's like what a great conversation we had. But yeah, where people can find me, I'm at Jack in the Way everywhere. Uh, it's J A C K I N T H E W A Y everywhere, um, and JackintheWay.net. My Twitch is twitch.tv slash jack in the way so like i said wherever if you search jack in the way somewhere i should come up or my handle i should come up there so um, nice and yeah. can't forget the Wayspace podcast yes yes, um, yes should be able to find that on on all platforms yes i'm a huge fan of it um he's just started a new segment recently where okay. um, he's going through uh questions to get to know yourself yep. um so he'll take three questions um answer them hey the car's right right there (laughs) nice and um yeah it's definitely it's definitely really interesting because as you get to go through and listen to jack getting to know himself a lot of the questions and conversations will then um make you ask questions about yourself and it's one of my favorite things about following through jack's content is that uh as as he learns about himself it it prompts me to learn more Mm. about myself so Mm. i find it very beneficial Mm. in that way Mm. um but yeah, I appreciate you coming on. I love how freeform it's been. I definitely touched all the bases and Hell then yeah. <laughs> some of what I wanted to cover in this. And I and I do think that it's definitely going to add value to any artists or even just people trying to experience life. I think mm-hmm. so many of the things we talked about are are relatable on on such a human level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm definitely excited to get this one out there and get some clips off of it. So Amazing. that being said, I'm going a, I'm to a cut the recording and take it easy. All man. right. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you so much, everybody that has stopped in to listen to the podcast and made it to the end. I greatly appreciate you. If you could leave me a like or follow or subscribe or whatever the hell it is that you do on podcasts, do the thing. Um, And I will see you next time with our next guest. Until then, be safe. I wish you the best in health and the best of luck on your future artistic endeavors. Peace and love.